0: good so it's like mm, is that is that when
1: you sent me that lovely text
0: yeah that was a sweet text yeah so i was like it 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 was was oh i'm glad Mm -hmm. i'm really glad but helen's like you she kind of pointed out that you have these connections and i started thinking about it and i was like you know she's right and like both with her and with everybody else and making everything all about me And for me personally, it feels really good to help other people or to acknowledge other people and connect in that way or to, you know, make sure that they know that I care about them. And so it was like sort of counteracting my bad by being good to others, not waiting for somebody else to fix it for me.
1: Yeah.
0: And it helped. That's good. Healthy. trying Trying to focus more on other people.
1: That's good. Yes. Well, I mean, that's important too. Yep. You know, and that <laughs> it, you know, and it, it helps you realize that you're not alone and that you, yes. you have lots of people in your life.
0: Faux oh, shizzle, my nizzle. How well, are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. I was just about to say, welcome everybody to
0: beer, bourbon and balderdash. Balderdash. That's there a, you go. That's called a soft two. A soft two. Yeah, I not that's not what it's called. I made that up.
1: Okay. That's well, a, I, I, I believed you. That's your,
0: that's so your now your liar after a long okay. night of Mine's drinking.
1: Cold. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Soft too. <laughs> Soft too. <laughs> uh,
1: I eat nothing fibrous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm on a diet of cheese and cabbage. That's right. That's right. Cheese and cabbage. It's, I'm doing it's fine. A, I'm it's doing a bit of a gamble when I go to the bathroom, what I'm going to get. Yeah.
1: It Sorry. All depends on, on depends. what I eat for sure. Uh, Still yeah, right. I'm, I, yeah, I'm doing fine. I'm doing great. Yeah. I'm, uh, just uh, out here living the dream. Spent some time in Colorado for work, and mm-hmm. that was okay. So nothing going on out there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: was it cold? Didn't a storm just roll through? No, it's it wasn't cold.
1: Uh, I mean, in the mornings it's cold. I mean, it's mountain weather, so it's like in the teens in the morning, and then by mid-afternoon it's like high
0: 50s. You want to hear something interesting about weather? Always. I've never seen this before, and it's cold here. It's like in the 40s, and mm-hmm. it's been raining pretty regularly it's like damp the other day we got a weather warning Mm -hmm. that was for fire like a wildfire warning (laughs) what yeah because it was like a a front's moving in that has um unusually low humidity like in the 20s yeah and it's going to be windy and so if a fire starts it's just going to take off and the grass dries out like that it's pretty nuts especially considering Uh, how humid it is around here all the time yeah it's just but not during the winter it's just probably dry as hell it's been pretty moderate here. Everything's a little bit feels like it's damp, but it is let, much lower humidity than I'm used to. But it was a weird thing to get in the wintertime. Usually like wildfire warnings or summertime thing. Yeah. This this area of the country is fucked up.
1: <laughs> it's different. That's for sure. Uh, what's our beer tonight, Johnny boy?
0: Drinking some beer. So sticking with the Irish theme. This is Wes's idea and it was a good one. He pulled this right out of his bum. Yep. Um, going sticking with chocolate Irish, stout. Ireland. Chocolate stout. Food. Right out of my bum. Germany no a Scandinavian chocolate stout yep mixed with octet <laughs> yep uh, tonight we're rolling with Smithix Smithix also pronounced Smithix uh, I was I somebody asked me I, I picked this up while I was at work and I brought it in somebody asked me about it what we were doing it was like oh it's for the podcast um or they thought I was throwing a party I was like no I don't really like anybody but maybe just for <laughs> party party for two yep uh, and I called it I called it Smithix and they're like, uh, I believe it's pronounced Smitty. Actually, no, they didn't say I believe, they said it's Smittix. And then he confirmed with somebody else on my team, it's smitics. And so I looked it up, and they're both right and wrong. So fuck you for correcting me and not actually knowing. It it all depends on what part of Ireland you're from.
1: Hell. So
0: all the different dialects, they all say it different. So it's but they're all acceptable. Smiths, so Smittix, Schmidtics, like Schmidt. Yeah. But with D's in the middle? Yeah, And Smithics? Yeah. Those are the ones that don't have any teeth. Yeah, I just say Smithwicks. Smithwicks. That is the absolute wrong way to say it. That's the only way that's not That W's is the most pronounced. phonetic way to say it. What the fuck? Yeah, but the but the W is not pronounced in, in Smithics. So okay. Smithics. Awesome. Smithics. awesome. So Smithics Irish Red. I like Irish Red. So I do it was too. One of the first like starts of a darker beer that I started drinking as a 21-year-old. Um, eighteen year old, eighteen year old. I, I don't, I don't like to talk about it. I was Mormon. Don't get <laughs> to talk about those things. Oh right. Uh, but let's pop it open. Let's do it. Uh, do you have a can or bottle? Bottle. 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 Yep. And this is one of the few ones that's not a twist off.
1: Yep. I got my can opener. <sighs>
0: I thought about it.
1: I actually thought about it today. Oh, I should. What's
0: good. I'll This. Day. Well, that's funny. My bottle opener says "Drink local." Uh, We're having an import. Mine
1: is a bottle opener Scotty made,
0: and I love it. Oh, that's nice. I see it? I think you've seen it before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool.
1: Get to look at my wood.
0: I like your wood. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep your wood to your wife.
1: Yep. She likes it, too. All
0: right. So All tell right. me
1: about Smittix.
0: Well, okay. So I don't actually know a ton about the brewery Smittix, but I do know a lot about Irish Red. Fun fact, the very first award I won for homebrewing was for an Irish Shred. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure it was because of one of the, it was one of the last ones that was judged, and the judges were all drunk. Yeah, and hey, that works. I'm not entirely sure, but I did get a ribbon. <laughs> so, so I was pretty excited about it. Um, so Irish Shreds <clears throat> tend to be kind of a lighter beer. like Like in the beer style guidelines, if you look up, Irish style beers, there's Mm -hmm. three styles of beers. There's Irish red, there's Irish stout, and there's Irish extra stout. (laughs) And they progressively get heavier in alcohol, Um, but that's essentially where the relationship ends between the reds and the stouts. Um, And when I say heavy, like the extra stout is like five and a half percent. So you have to remember that traditionally, beer was not over six or seven or 8%. It was actually drank in the middle of the day as a way to be able to get calories and have water that wouldn't kill you. So traditionally beer is really low alcohol, and the way we drink it now is totally different than the way it was originally intended. Okay. So um but yeah, low hop character, generally caramely and toasty. Uh sometimes you get it's one of the things they talk about in um beer judging is um diacetyl. And diacetyl is that flavor that you get from butter. Okay. And, and it can show up in beer as a buttery flavor and it comes from the yeast. And, mm. uh, sometimes it's actually intentional and sometimes it's, it comes from things like fermenting too warm. Okay. So, and, and so one of the things you're always looking for is that butter flavor cause it can indicate a process control issue or sometimes if it's intentional, then, um, you want to know that it's there. So it's, it's just a, another. Uh, layer of the beer flavors and tastes but. What
1: was it Diacetol? Di- di- Diacetyl?
0: Diacetyl. Diacetyl. Yeah. Diacetol. Yep. C Y T E L, I think.
1: <laughs> well, cheers. Cheers. Here we go. Mine's lame.
0: <inaudible> Great. It sounds like I'm hitting a couple of things <laughs> <soaked frozen laughs> together.
1: That's oh, yeah. Good. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really good.
0: A little bit toasty, not very yep. sweet. Very toasty. Mm-hmm. Just goes down easy. Yeah, it's Not good overly beer. carbonated, clear. Four delicious. and a half
1: percent. Mm-hmm. Imported by Diego and yep. uh, brewed by Guinness.
0: I did um, look up to confirm this is actually imported uh, because a lot of times you'll see versions that are not imported, but billed yeah. as an Irish Red and the American version of an Irish Red is not the traditional version of irish red they tend to be heavier and sweeter okay uh, often they're a little more hop characters and this is one of those ones too that <clears> developed <throat> um like kind of out of the culture and the economy uh the economics of the day because the british because they're assholes put really high taxes on hops and so this, this yeah. is another one where they wouldn't use a lot of hops because they were expensive so it was like just enough to give it a little bit of balance but that's why you never find any ipas like irish ipas is not a thing Scottish IP is another, and there might be now because the British are slightly less assholish, yeah. but when they were controlling the whole world, slightly, like, yeah, <laughs> just a little better. Mm-hmm. But anyway, delicious, easy it is drinking, very good. yeah, easy to find. It's just a crowd pleaser,
1: yeah. Well, this has been uh, so March, so last March we did this because we were just trying to get off the ground. Uh, so it's nice that we can explore some of these Irish offerings. We'll continue to mm-hmm. do this every year. Um, because well, uh, we're we're in it for how many episodes at least 500
0: right Eight thousand. here's a fun fact over 8 october 8th, so this this beer is very um it's got a long long history um and i let's see oh the brewery goes back to 18 oh shortly after smoke Smith- at least uh you know uh, i don't know anyway the brewery goes back to like the 1700s but in on october 8th 1937 the Smithics. One, uh, number one beer won first prize at the London Bottled Beer Competition. Oh, that's not bad. It's a prize-winning beer. Yeah, it is. And after the war, business was good. Melting snow caused major flooding and <clears throat> then the brewery flooded. But all the equipment was safe and they kept making beer.
1: I I, I bet the Irish uh, beer had a better time uh, staying uh, open and having people buy it than the Irish whiskeys for quite a while. Why do you say that? Cause Irish whiskey went out of style. And, uh, like we talked about in the last episode, they con- consolidated to one distillery because no one was buying them anymore. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And now they're, they're on an uptick, uh, including, um, what we're going to have tonight, which is kind of an oddball, honestly. So, um, I was just going to ask, um, <clears throat> I was going to ask our, uh, our uh, chat GPT uh, about how many years it would take if we did an episode a week and we did 8,000 episodes. Shall we ask?
0: That's a pretty, yeah. I mean, that's just math. (laughs) So silly. Shall we play again?
1: (laughs) (laughs) If I did an episode a week. How many years would it typing would it
0: take? Getting, getting, this is this is radio gold. Wes. This is
1: it's always radio gold. If I did an episode <laughs> a week, how many years would it take to do eight thousand episodes? Let's Neither see. English or math was my holy <laughs> shit. Uh, excuse my language. Dana says I swear too much on the podcast and it hurts her ears, so I'm trying to no. tone it down. And I already blew because I said the f word and the s word all in ten
0: minutes. You should you should use other words. I'm trying, like tar- tarnation.
1: Tarnation! Oh, Nelly, um, 153 years.
0: That's a lot of years. <laughs> I don't think we're going to make it. <laughs> I don't so either uh I mean, how Bill Gates will still be alive. How many in 40 years?
1: If we if we just do this until we die. Uh so you live to 85. Wow, we would only do 2080 episodes.
0: Well, we better start doing two a week. <laughs> <laughs> I need to I need to have more
1: our uh, purpose
0: behind our, my drinking.
1: Our listener would get tired of us <laughs> for sure.
0: That's fine. we We do this for us anyways don't we
1: yeah
0: Uh, yeah. (laughs) all right well
1: um tonight we're gonna do two stacks two stacks is known for their dram in a can this is funny yeah so this is irish whiskey in a can it is uh 43 uh percent abv so 86 proof which makes it kind of high uh for um an irish whiskey honestly uh, this says uh, it's aged in virgin oak casks. Then it's aged in bourbon casks. Then it's aged in Oloroso sherry butts. And then it's aged in bourbon casks and then aged in bourbon casks. So,
0: okay. So I'm not, I can't really tell. Is this like they move it from cask to cask to cask or is they this must. the blend that they use?
1: Yeah. I think it's, I think when they're saying this, because they don't make that clear. So I would say it is uh, a blend because this is 40% dark green. And I don't know if it means forty percent dark grain is aged in virgin. I don't know why they would do. No, they should all put it together. I don't know. They oh. they don't make it clear. Okay.
0: So yeah, so this is not very clear. But that the side section where the circles are, that's the the mash bill.
1: That yeah, but the, what's next to it doesn't
0: match. So that's yeah yeah. yeah so I didn't an age malt in. A cask.
1: Yeah. I didn't find a whole lot of information on these guys. Um, uh, they call themselves like craft um craft distillery. So uh here's here's the information that we got. So they're new. They're founded in 2020. Um it says by Shane McCarthy, Liam Brogan, and Donal McLean with fresh knowledge and experience in the globalized world of spirits globalized world of spirits. Two stacks was inspired by the traditions of an old and contemporary brands of new. This is a lot of word salad opening one of Ireland's only independent bonding and blending facilities in 2022 with the ambition to combine these worlds together. Our unique approach to working with some Ireland's leading distilleries selecting. So they get other, uh, whiskeys from other distilleries, other barrels, and they blend it themselves. Um, so that's what we get here. So two stacks is part of a new and adventurous chapter in Irish whiskey, and we want you to help us tell the tale. So it's contemporary Irish flavor with real distilling heritage. Uh, they do sell it in bottles, and then they have these little cans called dram cans, and um, they're tiny little cans. How many ounces did you say this is? Like two ounces?
0: Um, it's a hundred milliliters. So why oh, didn't you? Ask I don't. I don't know. Chatbot.
1: Okay. Well. Okay. 100 milliliters to
0: ounce. That's 3.38 ounces. Okay. The Google's faster than the chatbot.
1: No, it's not. 3.3814 <laughs> ounces. Oh, yeah. Rounded yeah. to four decimal oh. places.
0: So, so, I don't... I, was, I just did a quick search, and I want to... I'm curious why they call it Dram in a can. Um,
1: Because it's it's Dram. It's whiskey in a can. Dram.
0: Yeah. So, is, is Dram a... Another uh, word for whiskey. The word for whiskey? Yeah. It doesn't show up on the Dictionary.com site. <laughs> it is though. What is- <laughs> it says a unit of weight in a word I can't pronounce system equal to one sixteenth of an ounce. Yeah. That's a ripoff. Yep. Uh, or it is the basic monetary unit of Armenia.
1: Yep. Or so can be referred to a small amount of something, a small quantity of alcohol. Or brief, intense moment of emotion or action.
0: Or it's a dynamic random access memory. That is Daft Punk album.
1: That's celebrating D-ram. its 10th anniversary. That's a great album.
0: DRAM is, I don't think they made up that term.
1: <laughs> no,
0: they didn't. <laughs> That's a computer term. <laughs> Pronounced DRAM. All right, let's, this is getting stupid. Let's okay, so on. we got to crack it open because it's a little <laughs> tiny can. Yeah, it's kind of cute. I like this. You yeah, notice that my- they
1: have a little divot there so you can get your finger underneath the the oh, tab. Clever. Yeah. These are adorable. And I'm actually going to pour it into my Glencairn. It's very light in color. So a term dram can also refer to a small serving of whiskey or other alcoholic beverage. In this context, a dram typically refers to a small amount of whiskey poured into a glass.
0: I think you made that up.
1: That's what the robot product says.
0: Product, product of Minnesota.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so That's not true. It's kind of so light. It's product of Ireland, imported by Minnesota.
1: It's uh, got a light color to it. It's kind of more of a golden wheat color. Yeah, It fills up that glass
0: pretty good, man. Yeah, it does. That's a nice pour. <laughs> good thing I got two. I of them. do
1: less pours than this on our regular shows. This is. I know
0: this will be. Well, maybe we won't need a second one if we're paying attention. Mm.
1: It has all the qualities of a uh, Irish whiskey right on the nose. Mm-hmm. Well describe it. Uh, vanilla forward. It's not um the the alcohol isn't forward at all. It's it's hardly even there, honestly. I mean you could stick your nose way in this and it's not gonna mm-hmm. burn your nose hairs. I don't
0: know, mine's a little burning. I get a I little a, Yeah, you might have go gotten a heavier,
1: can. heavier barrel out of that. Um I get a little smokiness to it, a little peat in it.
0: Yeah, there's a little peat, definitely.
1: And, uh, and the oak, the oak for it's sure. It's almost got like
0: a like a touch of honey in yeah. the nose. Just that, I don't know.
1: Well, cheers, I, I want, want it in my
0: mouth. Like golden, golden grahams. Cheers. Sorry, I fucked that up. hmm
1: mm. Oh, very peaty. hmm But I don't mind it. It's not bad. Yeah,
0: it's not peaty like, <laughs> like a log of ooling that's just like oh, no. almost hard to drink sometimes. It's just, yeah. it's just there but it's not harsh. It's
1: nice. It's sweet. It's very mellow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the alcohol hits later. So it doesn't, <clears throat> it doesn't
0: hit as soon as I drink it. It hits it a lot later and it lingers. It's so bizarre. There's like a, there's like a flavor gap in the middle. Uh-huh. So you get something right up front and then it just like everything goes away. And then all of a sudden you get the rest of it. Yeah. That's sort of confusing.
1: These cans are great.
0: Yeah, <laughs> It's like whatever is like whatever the taste buds that are right in the middle of your tongue. I don't know what those are. You probably know better than I do. There's like something missing right there. Mm. Yeah, it does dull out, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. Oh, that's good. That tastes less like an Irish whiskey. More like a single malt. Mm. Wow, that's pretty
0: good. That's good. I'm impressed. I I actually am too. I thought this was going to be crap. Well, it's, it, this is really those moments where you're like, well, it's in a can. That's not traditional. It's gimmicky. It's going to be terrible. Yeah. But I don't know. I think people thought that about uh, corks or um, twist tops on wine bottles, Yeah. Uh, but the science behind it actually makes a lot of sense, but it just doesn't feel sexy. Corks are actually really terrible. Yeah. Well, depending on what you're trying to do, that's another conversation.
1: Hmm. Also get some fruit. There's some good stone fruit in there. Hmm. That's not bad.
0: And as we've discussed before, what's stone fruit was
1: like apricot or peach or something like that. They usually have like a big pit in there.
0: I asked what you meant by stone fruit um, and I knew what it was and I just felt dumb. Oh, so I wanted to, I wanted to resurrect myself by saying something dumb again. Okay. I don't think it worked. (laughs) It's fine. I don't mind
1: answering that. (laughs) I also don't mind saying, I don't know when I probably should know. Sometimes I forget.
0: You know, I think it was when mm-hmm. you said stone fruit, I had just gone to the market by my house and they have a lot of more exotic fruits and vegetables because it's very
1: like pangolin or area bat- right
0: here. Yes. All of the penguins, <laughs> um, but like, you know, how usually like in Seattle if with, they have dragon fruit. It's like a, a small grouping of them somewhere Yeah, here. It's like a, like a massive, like bookend oh. of, of an aisle.
1: Really? And they have,
0: yeah. And like all of the root vegetables that you see all over the world, like yucca and, um, whatever all the other ones are. There's a bunch of them. All the they have ones. all of they have all of those. Like ones they've never... Name. They have Name. And they're like I don't... Like all these weird squashes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. They're, it's fun to try to cook with them. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. What's
1: the big stinky one?
0: <laughs> Your son?
1: Yep. Uh, so does it matter <laughs> how many times a whiskey is distilled was the question that you asked last time. Because oh, we yes. talked about the triple yeah, distilled. Yeah,
0: yeah. Way to bring that back.
1: Yeah. So uh, I did a little more research because I wasn't sure. And if you distill it a lot, if you distill alcohol a lot, of course, then you get vodka. Because um, mm-hmm. that's basically what vodka is. Vodka is distilled many, many times. Um, but what you do when it, it doesn't, you will get a cleaner, more pure alcohol, of course, mm-hmm. less water, all that stuff, but you'll lose flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the big thing. So. That's why whiskey is usually distilled two to three times. Three times is kind of the max, and it's usually reserved for Irish whiskey. So because they want to keep all those – the impurities are actually part of the flavor. Yeah. So that's why it's not distilled more than that. Um, but your your vodkas are usually distilled six times or so. Mm-hmm. I, I did find one um, whiskey company that does do four times distilled, and it's a Dutch distiller – uh Zudom and uh they make a whiskey called Millstone 100 and it's a rye whiskey. So um and they they say that they distill it four times. So if you're drinking a, a vodka and it says distilled six times, it, that's actually not a marketing gimmick, but it might not be the most flavorful vodka though. I don't find vodka very flavorful to begin with.
0: So it can be um but I think that's a good point like if you were to look at say style guidelines like you do with beer, vodka's not supposed to taste like anything mm-hmm. by style. Like the less flavor, the better it is. Yeah. Because it's it's just meant to be alcohol. Yep. However, there are vodkas, and I'm not talking about flavored vodkas, not like cucumber or passion fruit vodkas, you know, things like that. That's what I'm talking about. That's like introduced additional flavor. Yeah. I mean the flavor that comes from the natural process. So, like one of my favorite vodkas of all time was Peabody Jones by Woodenville Whiskey Company, it's the vodka that they made while they waited for their whiskey to age. Okay. Um, because you make it, you bottle it, you sell it right away. There's no waiting. And they were like, we have to make some money. And and it was really good. It was kind of. Yeah. So it's different now. Oh, okay. The, it used to be. I just, show, I
1: just showed John a bottle of
0: Woodenville vodka that you, I had. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Handmade in a copper pot still.
0: Yeah. So the version they had before had kind of this like sort of fruity floral flavor. Okay. Like and it was and it was incredibly smooth. Like so much so that um Helen and I made some bad choices more than once. <laughs> Where, like like you'd put it in a Bloody Mary. Yeah. And it could like your Bloody Mary could be translucent and you drink it all and not notice that you're drinking a ton of alcohol and then all of a sudden you're just hammered. Yeah. So it was really good. Once they got bought by Pendleton, uh, I don't remember if I don't know if it happened before or after, but I think once they got big enough, they had to either outsource it or use a different process because their primary equipment for making whiskey needed to be used for making whiskey. Okay. It was the same. They would use the same still. They probably are in a production state now that they can't do that. Yeah.
1: Well, this one was... Um, it's not uh, bad. Uh, let's that, see. That's
0: not bad. It's just not as good as it used to be. Yeah.
1: No, I hear you. I think this one says 2010. Uh, Established 2010. That might not be yep. when this was made. It says a revolutionary vodka with a complex aroma, inviting flavor, and unique terrier. Crafted from 100% Washington State soft winter wheat, which results in notes of terroir. Terroir. Oh, yeah, it's terroir. I'm such a Neanderthal. Uh, results in notes of butterscotch, <laughs> almond, and vanilla. Uh, delightfully rich and not stripped of flavor by over distillation. So they keep the flavor in, they don't mm-hmm. distill it six times.
0: Yeah, it's funny when I was at the, at the liquor store the other day, trying to find the Smithwick's. I always peruse the Smith liquor bottle. Wicks. Smith Wicks. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty. It doesn't matter. Pronounce it however you want. Um, I, they have Deep Eddy. It's out yeah. of Texas. Yeah. And it's like distilled 10 times. Oh. So now it actually makes sense that like on that vodka, you would want it distilled 10 times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they probably could use another couple of times. Well, uh, the, <clears except throat> the best. Go ahead.
1: Well, I wanted, to, I wanted to follow up on a couple of other episodes um, yes, because things have it. changed. Uh, episode 47, that's the dad bod episode. Uh, new research came out, uh, or actually a new survey came out by dating.com that said dad bods are all the rage with nearly 75% of the 2,000 people surveyed saying they prefer soft bodies over hard abs. Hmm, and that's this, not new this trend could be connected to the I'm pan chunky? pandemic which led to gym closures and caused many to gain a little weight
0: yeah but the ladies were saying that before <clears throat> the pandemic that's true that's
1: just a new survey
0: by dating.com because before it was like uh it's like the bodies look nice but there's it says something about a personality that they spend all that time at the gym yep. and unless you're also a gym rat people don't want that exactly like they don't want to be with somebody who's three hours in the gym on top of having to work. <laughs> it's like, no, spend that time with me. Yep. You can be healthy, but you don't need to be like shredded. Yep.
1: I just the uh, the I'm just
0: naturally shredded.
1: You are like cheese. Um mm-hmm. I'm smooth like a seal. I just uh I think I think when it gets unhealthy is when there's no muscle mass and it's all belly. Mm-hmm. I think that's when it's like, uh uh-uh. uh. Maybe, yeah. maybe lift a little bit. Do some well, body weight stuff.
0: Yeah,
1: Uh, Episode push-ups. Yeah, push-ups for sure. Episode 48, the UFO Space Invaders episode where we talked about Project Bluebeam. (laughs) So just to go back on that, uh, so this month, I don't know if we talked about it, but uh, I can't remember if we talked about it this month. But on March 7th, the uh, Harvard University professor, astronomer, um, Avi Loeb, uh, and Sean M. Kirkpatrick, director of the Pentagon's all domain Anonymly research office. So that's the new Pentagon UFO research. Isn't that funny? Our government has a UFO research. That's that's how far we are now.
0: Um That's not new though. Yeah. Well they we just admit it. We just admit it now.
1: That's true. They actually said that they believe that there is a mothership within our solar system that sends off um like uh, dandelion-type seeds into the solar system to check out what's going on in our uh, planets. It's just like Starship
0: Troopers where they would send the spores to planets to inhabit to Kind of, yeah. With their, their, um, whatever those creatures were.
1: So this is Harvard University in our Pentagon that is saying this. This is where it's coming Mm -hmm. from. Um, And then, of course, we talked about Project Bluebeam Mm-hmm. and that was a conspiracy that's been you know it's been around for a long time uh which is the government secretly is trying to plan it at some advanced technology to manipulate us with a Uf- fake UFO invasion to bring us together or to put on some kind of um, draconian laws some um you know ways to basically keep us in hmm. and um, or uh, the second coming of Christ which is what we talked about on that episode um And then this came out uh, just a couple days ago. And uh, I think it was yesterday, actually, the uh, government, the U.S. shot down three mysterious objects yesterday, uh, but they won't say what they were. When the media asked Glenn Van Herrick, the Air Force General responsible for overseeing North American airspace about the events, he refused to rule out extraterrestrial forces at play. Other military officials later clarify that otherworldly origins aren't a serious consideration, but the comment did highlight the U S government's lack of knowledge about these objects. Uh, and this is from space.com. So, uh, as a space policy expert, um, this guy says he's often confronted with questions about UFOs and little green people. However, as these recent episodes have shown UFO is far more likely to be human made rather than originating from some faraway place in the universe. But it is interesting that this air force general uh, who's responsible of overseeing all North American airspace was like, uh, I'm not ruling out extraterrestrial forces. Why would you
0: say that? Well, if you don't like, so I think it's really easy to read into, into what somebody says in a case like this, cause you're like, well, if it wasn't extraterrestrials or you knew it wasn't extraterrestrials, you just say that, mm-hmm. but like, if you think of it from a science standpoint, if you truly don't know, like, you just say you don't know. And yeah. the one thing people are asking is, is it extraterrestrial? And you're like, well, I can't rule it out because I don't know.
1: Yeah, but now you're the History Channel meme. You know, yeah, it's maybe.
0: aliens. You know, I mean, yep. it's... I mean, well, he didn't say it's aliens. <laughs>
1: no, I know, he but he's he not ruling out it, out. it out. But that's Yeah, just but he's thing. also
0: not saying it is. He's not saying, well, it probably is aliens. But
1: he also didn't say, I'm also not ruling out that it's you know, Russia or China or some advanced technology is it's all the things that they're not saying that concern me.
0: Yeah. But, but he's also like, people are like, they're UFOs and everyone assumes UFO is from outside of this world. And a UFO an unidentified flying object could be anything. I mean, it could be like if I lit myself on fire and then I blew up and my head's flying through the sky, flaming, nobody knows what it is. That's a UFO, but
1: he didn't say UFO. He said extraterrestrial forces.
0: He says he's not ruling out extraterrestrial yes. forces in relation to UFOs being shot down.
1: But that means that there's the that means that they actually also believe that there are extraterrestrial forces.
0: Not necessarily. He's
1: just not ruling them out.
0: He's not ruling it out because he doesn't know, but that doesn't mean he does know. I disagree. That's not the same thing. I think they know. I think they, they might know. know. I think they know. I'm not I'm also not arguing if there's not, but like no, I, like, I like, I like the argument. I, I like it because he can't rule it. I know. I, I'm I not saying it. you don't like
1: the argument. I love saying, it. Now you're arguing saying, about my argument.
0: You can't, what the fuck you John can't say, <laughs> you can't, you can't say the opposite is true because of like, you can't go to like, if he says, I can't rule out, it's like, if you don't see something and you say, well, I can't rule out that it's blue, right? That doesn't mean it's blue, but why say it in the first place then? Because that's what people are asking. People want to know. But they gaslight us
1: about all kinds of bullshit all the time, anyways. But
0: that's not gaslighting. So maybe you should be, maybe you should feel better about it. Where they're like, "Oh, I can't rule it out."
1: I don't know, man. To me, it seems just, like why even bring it know. up? Why even bring up aliens? Because people are asking.
0: That's what people <laughs> want to know. Nobody gives a shit <laughs> about aliens. I shot down a balloon, but if you said I shot down an unidentified flying object, now people want to know. And the assumption is because we've been trained to associate UFOs with extraterrestrials, but. That it's extraterrestrial origin.
1: But my point is, is that if, if there are no such things as extraterrestrial forces, like if they have no, if there's nothing that they absolutely know, there's no extraterrestrial forces, the guy would but have just laughed know. it off. But they don't know. But, but I also assume that that means, and I know I'm assuming that that means that they also believe that there are extraterrestrial forces. But,
0: okay. Okay. That they have let's, some belief. But But again, let's take the scientific approach to this. Okay. If if I as a scientist had absolutely zero evidence that extraterrestrials existed, mm-hmm. none at all. That does not mean that extraterrestrials don't exist. And so if somebody's asking me if it's of extraterrestrial origin, I can't definitively say it is because I don't know. I don't have any the absence of proof does not prove anything.
1: I I understand what you're saying. And I agree with that. I do. But I also see it from the point of view that why even entertain the idea by saying I can't rule it out if you never had proof that there's any extraterrestrial
0: activity going on at all? Because that's what people want to know. That's what they're asking.
1: So, the, so he's just click baiting us?
0: Well, I haven't seen the whole interview, but I wouldn't be surprised. If I haven't seen said, the interview either. I'm, I'm reading a report of from extraterrestri- space.com. Yeah. I want to see the whole thing because I wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me one bit. If there was a question that says, could this be of extraterrestrial origin? And his response was, we can't rule out that it was of extraterrestrial origin. Peter doozy.
1: Um, he probably asked it.
0: Peter doozy is from extraterrestrial origins.
1: <laughs> I like him. I don't mind him. Uh, so on the heels of that this came out today <laughs> uh the same guy
0: by so, the way I think I think extraterrestrials exist I'm just just saying well, I just don't I'm think saying it's
1: a, I, I'm saying I can't rule that they out that they don't exist
0: I, I'm just saying that <laughs> yes that's exactly right I guess that's better <laughs> I think there's life on other planets mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know that they've been here I also don't know that they haven't been here and we
1: also don't know if there's life on other planets.
0: No, we don't. I think the odds are incredibly small.
1: Yep. Well, we're kind of in a Goldilocks zone, and a lot of people realize that too, that we're in this Mm -hmm. weird space where we can actually sustain any kind of carbon life. It's very true. Uh, So the same guy, Harvard physicist Avi Loeb, he is now organizing. This came out today. uh, So this is uh, March 23rd. If $1.5 million expedition to Papua New Guinea to search for fragments of a very strange meteorite that impacted just off the coast of the Pacific nation in 2014. So he believes there's compelling evidence that there's a half meter wide meteorite that was either made of a hard, hard rock or a metal, but a material that's Abby, A-B-I, Lobe L-O-E-B. We actually talked about him on the blue beam. Yeah. Um, a material that's hard and tough enough to prove that the meteorite isn't a meteorite. So he believes that it might be an alien probe. Um, so they're going to do this big thing where they're going to go to Papua New Guinea and they're going to look for pieces of this. Cause he believes that it's actually an alien craft or alien probe, kind of like the seed thing, the seed pod thing from a dandelion that he was kind of talking about earlier that there's a mm-hmm. mothership that sends us out. Um, so anyways, yeah, basically he's like, hey, we're gonna spend one point five million dollars. And in any event, this is a quote, in any event, we will learn something new, he said. So <laughs> it's true. Well at least do that. I mean, you might get a rare yeah. medal. Why not? Go or you know, we'll just mutate into whatever nasty thing that's gonna go in there. So and they actually they actually received the green light uh from Papua New Guinea to go ahead and do this. It's
0: great. We should explore things.
1: So I agree with that too. I think we should continue to explore the Ocean, which when they go deeper and deeper into the ocean, things get really weird. The mm-hmm. uh, the sea monsters down there are scary nightmare versions yeah. of the ones that are closer to the surface.
0: Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, so I love it when they wash up on shore and people are like, "Oh my god, it's an alien!" Or some like yep. weird nonsense. But this no, uh, just a, this one writes creature.
1: this one writes as a nineteen fifties sci-fi alien invasion, you know. They're going to go, the, you know, the meteorite that lands and then, you know, the guy drives by with the cop and there's a lady in the car too and and they go check out what just fell and all of a sudden these hmm. things start bubbling out of the ground and like, it's body snatchers. This is body snatchers. Their body's going to be snatched, John. Hmm. I, I, right. I
0: got a dad bod, so I'll be the
1: first to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's I don't know. Demand. Maybe 75% <laughs> of aliens also like the dad bod according to 2,000 people surveyed.
0: (laughs) You know what's really great about a dad bod? Like, if I was an alien looking for a a host, yeah, a dad bod's perfect because they're, like, fit enough to get around, but there's, like, some extra material to keep you alive for a while.
1: I mean, it's true. Well, here's the thing that I think of. I'm I'm muscular enough, and I do work out uh, almost daily, to lift and do things that I need to do for my life, but I'm soft enough that uh, I hide it. So I'm like a sleeper car. I'm like a sleeper sports car. I don't look much on the outside, but inside it's...
0: it's, like a a, a pack of heat, man. Like a Miata? Uh,
1: uh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe like a 1984 Mustang. Doesn't look like much, but it's real fast. Yeah, the
1: Fox body with the 5.0. Those
0: are terrible. They're so bad. I know. I know. It's like a souped-up Pinto.
1: Yep. So those are those are my updates that uh, that I kind of found as I was kind of uh thinking up of topics tonight. And one of the things that I really wanted to talk about tonight, uh the the main topic as we drink our dram in a can in our smitics, um, is things that really grind our gears. Things that piss us off. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we talked about heavy metal in the last episode and how it's cathartic to kind of rage. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, let's do a little bit more of those kind of things. And and really, what set me off is my trip to Colorado, and, uh, and I know I kind of texted you about this <laughs> a little bit. I love it. Hate taking off. I freaking hate taking off my shoes at the you. airport. But I feel so demoralized as they tell me to take off my shoes. I
0: That's think it's the flip-flops.
1: stupidest thing to ask me to do is to take off my shoes. Yep. I really like how has the technology and and by the way, I did some research on this. Okay. In 2001 in December is when the shoe bomber, you know, pumped up his pumped up his Reeboks pumps a little too much in the back and blew out the back of his shoe. Mm -hmm. Nothing blew up. No hole in the plane but that was in 2000. Do you know when they started asking us to take off our shoes? When 2006, five years later, they said, you dummies need to take off your shoes. And we all said, Oh, okay. We'll take off our shoes now because there's a threat now. And the scanner machines, which by the way, are uh, a lot of it's done here in the Pacific Northwest by a company called Pacific Northwest national laboratory. They're in Richland. So in the tri cities, um, they help develop that scanner that you go in there and you go like this, and it looks at all your small bits. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe that they have yet to come up with a way to check your shoes. Well, you do, but you'd, have, you'd,
0: you'd have to stand on it. So, like, I was you thinking do about stand this on too. it. No, I know, but like, there's no, there's no look from underneath, and right. that's what they would have to develop. So, like, if you think about the way a shoe's built and the way you walk into those machines, mm-hmm. you could easily hide a flat blade in those shoes. Okay, so they're not metal. They're not metal detectors.
1: I agree with you. So Pacific Northwest National Laboratory did develop a shoe scanning technology for a company called Liberty Defense Holdings, uh, and this scanner uh, is available, but none of the airports are implementing them.
0: Is it expensive?
1: Well, they have military contracts to go through this, so
0: no. Is is it more expensive than taking making someone take off your shoes?
1: Uh, well, yes, absolutely. But I mean, okay, yeah. they just, I mean, they just spend money all the time. Why not just put it in here and save some people a couple minutes of frustration? Cause I feel like it's, it's like, um, uh, when Colts, uh, want you to basically obey their stupid rules is they'll make you do stuff like walk back and forth and touch your head on that wall 20 times. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to be in our club and then people will go and do it because they want to be in the club, but they're just seeing what stupid thing can we get these people to do that we can ask them another stupid thing later on down the line that they'll obey because they just, we started off with, take your shoes off, take your belt off, take all your electronics out. You know, you got people behind you impatiently and people in front of you frustrated and you're supposed to pull all your shit out and then you have to pack it all in at the other end. And you would think since all this happened since 2001, right? Mm -hmm. So you'd think in the 22 years that we would have a technology that works better, that we just put our shit on the thing, stand in the thing and we're right through.
0: Yeah, there might be, but like think of it in terms of like counterfeiting, like no matter how good your money gets, counterfeiters will always be able to copy it and beat your technology. We have tech in our, in our money. And so the same thing happens with the airport. People are constantly trying to, to beat the system to get things in. Like not that long ago, some guy shoved a handgun in a chicken and thought that would beat it. Fucking idiot. No, that was funny, but sorry, Dana, Joe, uh, but it was, it was pretty funny. I think we talked about it. It's so dumb. We did. What are you doing? Oh, my but like people are constantly trying to beat that system. And so part of, um airport security isn't just like the scan but it's looking for behaviors yeah so making people do things that are uncomfortable gives them anxiety and will exacerbate what might already be an anxious situation for certain people and believe uh, you might not believe it and they won't tell you they do this but they definitely profile people
1: yes they're looking
0: they're looking for that behavior
1: but they should profile people i'm okay with profiling
0: I know, but that's what it's like. They're trying to trigger people to be more nervous. Like you're scanning all of my shit and I'm doing something shady, and so all of a sudden I'm sweating and I'm twitching and I'm super nervous. But
1: they could still implement
0: this technology and still have that effect. And still take your shoes off? No. Nope. Because it's that physical action that they're trying but to do. But if people if you
1: know, if they say, Hey, listen,
0: we can now scan your shoes you don't have to take them off and then somebody's and then somebody's going to try to beat that system so like
1: well you know people already beat it so there's actually a lot of data where shit gets through all the time
0: that is for that is for sure it is not a great system no but like think of it this way like if if you had a checkpoint at the airport trying to trying to just like have humans profile people as they were coming into the airport there's a big difference between somebody sitting on a stool and watching people go by And somebody saying hello to you and where are you headed today? Like that little interaction, that little change will cause your behavior to be. I agree with you. And that's what they're trying to do. When I would
1: manage stores, either Starbucks or the Blockbuster Video, where we had a lot of theft at Blockbuster Video in my high school years. One of the things we were supposed to do is look at everyone when they walked in, say, hey, how Mm -hmm. you doing? And then go up to them and say, what can I help you find today?
0: Yes, make sure. And that
1: would deter that- a lot, especially if, we, as we profiled the sketchy dude with the shifty eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, this fucker's going to steal something. He's going to run out. Yep. And and so that you're trained and to knows, do that.
0: Yeah, now he knows that I'm watching.
1: And I do that now as a property manager where I, I see sketchy people all the time and I just, I'll, I'll park my truck real close and look at them in the window or, you know, keep my light headlights on there, you know, keep my headlights on so it, like, hits their, like, side mirrors that they're, car camping mm-hmm. in my parking lot just oh, yeah. so they know like, Oh, well this is annoying. You mm-hmm. know? So it makes them Somebody uncomfortable. Here. Yep, yep. Someone's sure. watching. Someone has eyes on me. And, and that's exactly like that.
0: what they're doing at, t- yep. at the pre- at the check stations is they're trying to make you uncomfortable.
1: And, and I'm, I'm for that, but there's better ways to do that than make me fucking take off. It, I just find it humiliating. I know what they're doing and I find mm-hmm. it humiliating. And I think that, that one, me. that one person out of a million because I I don't think people are trying to hijack planes anymore or anything like that. I mean I, I'm not saying it will never guy tried happen to do it again. It like last week, what's that?
0: Like I tried to do it like last week with what? I don't know his fat butt. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, came just, across on. a did he, feed. Did he did he tat, slip? He did he tat. slip a
1: note to the stewardess saying no, give me I all think, your money or you'll get shot? I think he
0: shot. got irate and he started pounding
1: on the cockpit door and. Oh uh, Well, that's just crazy people, but I understand what you're saying. He wasn't trying to take it over. He didn't have AK 47s and stuff, but, um, but those things I don't think exist in that, in this world anymore in that way. I think, I think wearing the mask and all that stuff, I think people had enough and that turned a lot of people crazy in the airports. I witnessed a lot of it where people would just.
0: Well, it created, it created oh. a lot of tension. Yeah, that's for sure.
1: But now that tension feels less and also, oh, this is another gear grinder uh the weight gain with the smaller seats so the american uh american people getting bigger and the mm-hmm. seats purposely getting smaller in the airplanes is another did, uh, thing that bothers see,
0: me so much so, <laughs> i read a lot I, I i think the aviation industry is really interesting and i read uh, a lot about um nerdy stuff about planes and like where they can fly and why certain planes are allowed to fly in certain routes like like here's an interesting one just as as a side note like there are some planes like the fastest route from like new england to florida is over the ocean but most planes don't fly that route because if they get more than a certain distance from the shore they have to have life rafts in the ceiling or like life rafts on board yeah And it's an extra cost. And if they're flying only over land, they don't have to have that additional cost. Like you've been on a plane where they have those big bulbs on the ceiling. Yeah. Those are life rafts.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, They have to have those.
1: That they fly uh, over the water.
0: And they have, yeah. And they have to maintain those and it's expensive to maintain. So it's just cheaper to not fly over the ocean. (laughs) It's kind of ridiculous, but anyway. Yeah. um, Why don't
1: they give us parachutes? Why do they give us? floating devices and not parachutes when you're going because
0: you're not going to jump out of a plane (laughs) going 500 miles an hour and survive
1: Uh, i mean maybe do you think do you think the survival rate would be better if i jumped out with a parachute at 500 miles an hour or crashed sitting in my seat
0: well you got to get all over the over all the other people
1: well if we just followed an orderly line if everyone would just be orderly and jumped out the door (laughs) Just get the fuck out the door, Granny. <laughs> yeah. Just kick her out. No, just push her,
0: push her out. Yeah. <laughs> I gave her a there fighting are, chance. There are some really cool. Um, they're not prototypes. They're just like uh, concepts for airplanes where the fuselage and the, it will disconnect from the oh. wings, and like it's like a capsule in the middle,
1: like the Starship we'll, Enterprise in the next yeah, generation. Kinda. Yeah, and it
0: has and it has built-in parachutes, so it's like there's like an abort button or whatever you would call it. And the plane would kind of come apart. And then this free fall thing would have parachutes that would slowly drop it down to the ocean. Okay. I'm okay with that. That's cool. I think that's, I think it's a cool idea if they could figure out how to do it. I mean, plane crashes don't happen that often anyway. So no, they don't.
1: Well, that's, that's my gear grinder. What's what name, name one of your things that piss you off.
0: Uh, well, currently the thing that is pissing me off is in the parking lot of our little condo area here they decided to install some security lights and they shine right on my windows oh really and i'm super annoyed uh because it's like all night long it feels like the sun is coming up
1: in your bedroom too is it in? it is
0: awful well it's this it's a it's kind of like a studio in a way it's a loft okay so so the the only walls are like for the laundry room and bathroom okay it's really open and there's these four 10-foot-tall windows against the wall because it's like a 16-foot-tall ceiling. Okay. And we have these blinds that are like blackout blinds, but it comes around the edges. It's super annoying. And that pisses me off because I feel like the idiots that put them in were focused on one specific thing, and that's security in the parking lot, which, yes, is important, but they didn't think it through. Like There are people that live in these fucking buildings, and maybe they don't like light shining in their windows all night long.
1: Yeah, so why didn't they have like a cover or like a lens or yeah, lens cover Yeah, like, like, sure so it, it like just the, directs it down instead of yeah,
0: right? at the building? They're like these they're like these like foot square <clears throat> LED pads. Yeah, they didn't
1: think they didn't care. Just
0: shine out in every direction. They
1: bought some shit on Amazon and fucking installed it, is what they yeah, did.
0: Yeah, I took pictures and sent it to the the property managers and they were like, Holy shit, that is really bright. I'm like, yeah. no shit, it's really bright. And they after I took that picture, they put in two more. Oh, super annoyed.
1: So (laughs) that's the best. you said it to the property manager. Like, well, fuck you. Well, here's two more. (laughs) You're already locked in, bitch.
0: (laughs) Like I get what I get. I understand what they're trying to do. Like, like they don't want people parking in the lot overnight. So Uh like our setup is the residential units are the top two floors of the four story building. And the bottom two floors uh, belong to the VA. Yeah. And there's another building. that's mostly VA. So it's like our parking lot's mostly empty at night uh, because it's, Commercial space, and we have a parking garage. So I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to keep keep people out. But like, think it through all the way, not just like from your dumbass. I need to figure this out right now. Went down to Home Depot and bought whatever the brightest light they could find was. Yep. And then rented a jack all and yep. It's not what it's called with the lift. But whatever. Yep. And rented the in. lift and waiting. Yeah. So it's it's not it's not specifically that. It's leading me to a bigger issue. I hate people who are just inconsiderate whether it's on purpose or oblivious, I just hate it. Like the family that walks four wide on a sidewalk. Oh yes. Like, yeah. What the fuck are you doing? They, like, you they don't, don't they're understand.
1: not even, they're not even situational aware of their surroundings.
0: Yeah. Or like I commute all the time yeah. and people who step off the train and then stop to look at their phones, get off your fucking phone.
1: Yeah. Sorry we call those, we call those zombies.
0: Yes. Yeah. Like, I don't mind if you want to look at your phone, but don't do it in the path of a hundred other people. Yeah. I'm going to push you into traffic. That's what's going to happen next. You're never going to do that again.
1: Yeah. We took Coco on a walk yesterday and, uh, and, uh, (laughs) and we walked by several people, mostly younger people that did not even look at us as they walked by. They were so infatuated with whatever was on their phone.
0: I don't understand that.
1: I mean, and I looked at Dale, day, I was like, this is a zombie apocalypse. Like they they yeah. don't even have the common courtesy. Like humans don't even look at each other in the eyes anymore. They're so transfixed. Yep, and it's mostly it. younger humans because we we didn't grow up with them. It's not native to us necessarily.
0: Mm-hmm. There is a lot of really interesting research on like our generation related to technology and how we're like kind of in this sweet spot in the transition. Yeah, because people older than us have a lot harder time adapting to te- This is generalizations, not for everybody. Yes, yes. So. So, don't get your boxers in a twist.
1: Boxer briefs. Um, People wear boxer, box, box, boxer briefs. Boxer briefs.
0: Boxer briefs. thong. Yeah, your thong. Um, they have a harder time adapting to new technology, um, but because we grew up adapting to fast change in technology, mm-hmm. we don't have an issue with it. Mm-hmm. But the the generation behind us only ever grew up with technology, and so they're completely tied to it. Yeah. And we also have the ability to to turn it off and walk away because yeah. we didn't always have it it wasn't always neat it's well we have the like
1: memory of it not being around yeah and we actually have good memories of it not being around like mm-hmm. things seemed more peaceful and more imaginative and better as boomers talk so mm-hmm. yeah i agree with that yep um here's one that i know that you'll agree with left lane campers
0: right you know <clears throat> the Washington Does every state, state Patrol, has
1: every state has a law, right? That left lane is passing on the freeway or highway, or right? Not.
0: But so when Helen and I drove cross country, almost every state we went through would have signs that's like "Stay right, except to pass."
1: Except to pass, yeah.
0: And not not just on like the <clears throat> on the on freeways. a regular highway that yeah. happened to have like a uphill lane. <coughs> um, this would be on the freeways. Yeah, stay stay right, except to pass. Uh, it drives me nuts. Sometimes Washington State Patrol will do emphasis patrols and actually pull people over and ticket them or, or mostly warn them. Um, but I learned, I, Helen told me this. She she was reading about why this is such a phenomenon, especially in the older generations. You know why this is a, no, tell me. a thing? I want to know. So originally when the freeway interstate system was being built, the training that you would get from driver's education was if you're not going to be getting off the interstate in a while, get in the left lane and leave the middle and right lane to people that need to get on and off the freeway. And so it had nothing to do with how fast you were going. Is it, it entirely had to do with how soon, because the thought process was everyone's going to be going the same speed. And so if you're going the speed limit or slightly under no big deal, we're all in the same boat, but you're going to drive for 50 miles in the left lane changing lanes is inherently the most dangerous thing you do yes, in the interstate. So just stay in the left lane. <clears throat> yeah. But how many was, left
1: lane off ramps do you know of?
0: That's not what it was. It was like you get on the on-ramp. If you're going to be on the interstate for a long time, get in the left lane. So you're out of the way of people getting on and off the interstate.
1: Okay. But when you drive by the left lane camper, when you get into the lane next to them on the right and you pass them and you <laughs> look at them, because you're going to look at them and be like, you fucking idiot. Why aren't you? Uh-huh. Going fast? You slow that.
0: motherfucker.
1: That's right. And sorry, yes. Dana, Joe. Uh <laughs> It's <laughs> another one she can't <laughs> listen to because I swear too much. I don't swear around her like this as it just as a side here, I don't. And I actually correct I'm, my kids I'm, when they swear around her and I'm she's not guy. around me right now, but when she listens to it, cause she likes listening to it, she's, she said, <laughs> she told me today, she goes, I was listening to your splitsville and it was very hard to listen to. And I had to turn it off because you swore a lot. And no. I said, I should probably not swear as much. I said, but when I'm talking to my friend, and you're not around and we're drinking like it just kind of works itself out. Yeah. So I will try to be better but I'm failing already. Sorry, data Joe.
0: That's all right. Um just just tell her don't listen to this. Well, turn it on with zero volume. Yeah. Cuz we need cuz we need to listen.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh but anyways, what I was say when you look at them they're not a boomer generation. They're a no, young I- person. There That's are the driving.
0: Some, There are there are some of that for sure.
1: Yeah. And and then we understand. can make other generalities understand. as well. At least I That's can. That's
0: true. <laughs> Maybe they're just high.
1: Yeah. Well then they should get in the other lanes where they're not going to get people passing should them. should not by be driving make. at all. So totally so and that brings another situation there where by them driving slower in the passing lane they're making it dangerous for other people and themselves.
0: Yes. I feel like a lot of that is like a lack of education around Yeah. What causes accidents? Because going too slow on the interstate is also a problem. And that's why most states have minimum speed limits.
1: Yeah.
0: Like if you go through Montana, they have minimums. You're going to go lower than the speed. You can't be on the interstate. You'll get ticketed for it. Yeah. Which I think you should.
1: I think so too. What's another gear that grinds you? Mm. Hmm.
0: I don't know. I'm in a pretty good mood today, so I'm not real super grumpy. Well, that's good.
1: Um, well, here's here's some that I I got from um, from the internet. Uh, people who are constantly late.
0: Oh, actually, that's a really good one. Helen and I were talking about this yesterday. Oh, were you? Yeah.
1: Oh, who were you talking about? What's the T? Are you talking about?
0: Well, it's, who's always so, late? Who's always late that you guys complain so, about? So Helen's coworker is late all the time. Yeah is like perpetually late and he knows he's late and he's consistently late. and it like again this is like there's nuance to it like it's not being late once or twice that I have a problem with it's when you're consistently late and everybody knows you're always going to be late mm-hmm. like to me that's just very disrespectful of other people's time yeah like you think my time is not important enough that you think it's okay for me to sit around and wait for you right like who the fuck do you think you are sorry Daniel Joe like Seriously, I, like, and and things pop up, sure. And sometimes people are like running a little late or whatever. That's fine. But when it's like consistent, well, it seems know, like, inconsiderate. The, yeah, it's just inconsiderate. Yeah. Like, if you can be here consistently fifteen minutes late, then yeah. you can be on time consistently. Yeah. The, the choices you're making leading up to that point are not taking into consideration that somebody is waiting for you.
1: I think that's learned.
0: I, I think so too.
1: I think that's. I think that's. I think you learn that from your parents. I think, and I think it's cultural as well. I think well, there are some so, cultures that that don't see that they get there when they get there. And that, they yes, don't, that they don't. Yes, that is true. They don't, they don't see it but as an is, important thing. And I still like, see it as a rude thing, especially when too. it comes to people counting on you or mm-hmm. work.
0: Yes, those two definitely.
1: If it's so a like, party or whatever, and like, hey, we're just going to be here for whatever. a few this hours.
0: This is when it starts. Doesn't Show up matter. Room. Yes, it's different. Yeah. So my brother, David, was always late. And so and our parents would try to teach us that, you know, it was the same thing. Like you're you'd be early for everything.
1: You'd well, your yes is yes, everything. right?
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah so it's, it's your integrity that you're putting on the line when yep. you choose to show yep. up late. My brother David had a really hard time with the concept of time. Like he was just oblivious to it. And so like most people generally have some sort of internal clock that's like, it's been about an hour. Uh, or, you know, you yeah, that moment where you're like, oh my God, it's been like three hours when we've been on this. Like that surprises you because it feels sure. different.
1: But or there's a panic you this, inside you like, oh, oh
0: yeah. man, what time you is have, it? Yeah, you have the sense of time. <clears throat> yeah. He has no sense of time. Interesting. And so he was always late. Sending and he, to Mars. And so I think Tom does the same thing. I think it's uh, like they're both ADHD. Mm. And so I think um, or like they have these tendencies. And I I think part of it is that that your brain just doesn't see time the same way and it's hard to keep up with it. And Oh, that's okay. Great. Now you know that about yourself, put in mechanisms to fix it. Yeah. We have so much access to ways to make that. Oh, better. I know. I know. Do that. Like I have a phone. They can help remind me I need to go somewhere. Yeah, and if can the half an hour me. warning is yes. not enough. Yep. Make it 45 minutes.
1: Yeah. We actually Set have multiple family, alarms. We have family members where we tell them if a the thing starts at two, we say one o'clock.
0: Because mm-hmm. you know they'll show up at two o'clock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we we have a thing. I don't think Mikey really listens to the podcast, but uh, we always talk about Mikey Standard Time yeah. MST. Yeah, because he's always consistently late.
1: I had a pastor who's we we'd use their last name. We called it Turner Time because it was never on time. It was mm. always late. We called it Turner
0: Time. Yeah, and I think it goes like the these are like similar themes in it, like it's in specific instances, but it's still. To me, it's that lack of consideration for somebody else. Like the left lane camper person, Yep, they just don't care about anybody else.
1: Well, I think they're often mean, oblivious. I think they're,
0: like, well, I think they, they're that's only it. focused. Like, on, I don't well, think so, they're purposely
1: like, doing like, man, fuck this yes, guy. Well, sure. Well, Excuse, whether, sorry, intentional
0: or unin, whether intentional or unintentional, <laughs> you still have a lack of consideration for somebody else. Like yeah. I'm very aware of other people that are around me and how my actions are impacting mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I pay attention to it, and yeah. so like, and I choose to do that. Well, especially if you some care people about just them. choose not to, yeah. you know, and you're making a choice not to. Yep. Like you might not like. There's part of you that just doesn't worry about anybody else, even if it's just like because you're off in la-la Land or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're still you made a choice that that other person is not important.
1: Yep. Here's a couple more,
0: and I agree with you.
1: Uh, chewing
0: loudly, of you do, or because I'm right, with their mouth open.
1: Does it really bother you? People who chew them. Yeah, that bothers me. Yeah, that bothers me. Stop. I think it's cute when, like, dogs do it. But I don't oh, think it's... I don't think it's cute different. when people do like it. Like with peanut butter? Yeah. That's how, you, that's how they got Mr. Head to talk. Mm-hmm. And if you're a youngster listening to this show, you know, why you are you listening? Dogs?
0: And you know how they get dogs to look like they're growling? Hmm. They put rubber bands around their snout.
1: Oh, that's mean. They have, that's they that's have actually, the like, band. a bunch of senses right on the top of their nose. Yeah. So I don't know if they do them. it
0: anymore, but that's the way they used to do it in the olden days.
1: Being interrupted while speaking.
0: What? Being interrupted while speaking. What? Knock, uh, knock. I've. Who's there? Interrupting Cal. Moo. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I totally ruined well, you. Yeah, you know uh, what? It's funny I you didn't know, bring I that know, up, about though. About I don't know. When, about when about Helen is interrupting <laughs> me, when she gets in like her, her like Helen mode. Oh hell um, mode. Well, she gets in her East Coast mode and I talk slower than she does and she we learned this interesting thing about gaps in speech and how the East Coast and like different regions perceive gaps in speech differently.
1: Yeah.
0: And the the, the amount of gap that you can have in, in, in speech on the East Coast is much smaller. The, the 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 size of gap that's recognized as you're done talking is much smaller on the East Coast than it is on the West Coast. I wonder if research has and been so done keep, on this. There has been. It's really interesting. That there's is a, interesting, there's like a whole, actually. <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole there's a whole linguistics thing about it. It's really, really Next interesting. Next episode, gaps
1: in speech. So,
0: yeah, it's, it's like... Mind the gap. And there's also a difference in the way that people will interact, West Coast versus East Coast or mm-hmm. different regions. Like, on the East Coast, the gap is small. People talk a lot. You interject. If you didn't get your chance to say what you had to say, on the East Coast, you're much less likely to bring it up or... Like get your point in later. Whereas the West Coast will try again and again. Like a certain there's a certain number of times you'll try to say what it is you wanted to say. Interesting. West Coast people will do it more often. Whereas the East Coast people kind of have this like, well, I didn't have my chance, I'm out, and then you just move on. Oh. Um, so Helen perceives small gaps in speech. Uh, as nobody else is talking, and I feel like I getting interrupted, and she'll go, and and then I'll just moo at her <laughs> when I feel like I'm just not having a chance to talk. <laughs> and it's like our, it's the way we've learned to to handle these situations where I don't feel like I'm being heard, and and she just has a lot to say.
1: That's funny because Dana does the same thing. She leaves these long gaps in her when she's talking to me, and I'll start saying something. She goes, "I'm not finished," but it's a long gap. Oh yeah, and I'm like, okay why well, I didn't I didn't do that on purpose go listen, ahead and finish
0: trying to just interrupt you I know
1: Uh, people who don't listen and only talk about themselves
0: oh were you saying something sorry I was thinking about me thinking about
1: <laughs> Uh, slow internet or computer problems the slow internet one's funny because people are like oh like dude that's like, <laughs> <I'm> like whatever <laughs> Did you grow up with one of these? You must have, Uh (laughs) because I had dial up.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Have you ever tried to look at porn on dial up on 14.4 dial up? I'll come back
1: in five minutes when the picture's done
0: loading. (laughs) Yeah. And then, like, you start downloading it, hoping it's going to be what you're looking for. So funny. And then, like, five minutes later, you're like, damn it. Yep. That's not what I was after.
1: Tailgate or aggressive driving. Yeah. I don't like that. Uh, I usually am that, that, unfortunately. Find that annoying. Uh, People who don't say please and thank you.
0: Mm, That's a good one.
1: Yeah, that one frustrates me too, because it's just common. I feel like when we're not polite to one another, I feel like things are breaking down in society. Mm -hmm. And it's such an easy thing just to say please or thank you when you're asking for something. And in my job making sure that I say please and thank you and some kind of word that kind of tells them that I appreciate something or that I really need this to happen in a, in a pleasant way. It's the, it's the, you catch more bees with honey, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's that kind of thing. So I always try to be very, very polite. And plus I want people to think of me as a person that is not rude to them or just demanding things.
0: Oh yeah, for uh, sure. People, Helen told me once that people, people will work
1: for you yes they way. will
0: she said she noticed that about me pretty early on that i always said thank you oh it, like well that was like one of the things she she recognized really early is like thank you thank you very appreciative yeah and i did notice uh, this is kind of something i just thought about the way i interact at work right now so in in my job now i am the customer and the suppliers are trying to get me to sell their things mm-hmm. um but because i'm so appreciative of their time that they take the time and they listen they have these conversations I think it's sort of turned the relationship around a little bit where it's like, I'm now allowed to dictate my terms yeah, because I am so appreciative of their, like, they're not, they're no longer asking me to do anything. They just ask what I need because I'm appreciative that they're taking the time. There you go.
1: Yeah. They want to give you good customer service because you're an appreciative person.
0: And I think thankfulness is, is a
1: powerful thing.
0: Certainly is. Uh, Certainly is.
1: Certainly is. Thank you. Thank
0: you, Wes. Thank I appreciate you. you. Thank you, John. I appreciate you. You're welcome. Please. Please.
1: People who use their <laughs> phones in a movie theater <laughs> or during a conversation. Yeah. So yep. so if someone's on their phone and you start a conversation with them and then you're upset with them that they're on their phone, I think that's on you. Mm-hmm. But if you start a conversation Agreed. and then they pick up their phone, they're telling you. A, you're boring, or B, they're very disinterested in anything you have to say.
0: So are there times when you do pick up your phone in mid-conversation? Because I do.
1: No. I try not to. I try to be very, very – because I do think it (laughs) sends a message. If I see something pop up, I might look at it, but then I'll just drop it because then whatever. Because it's not important. Usually it's not important, and there's little notifications. If I was waiting for an email that was really important, I would actually mm-hmm. tell the person can you hold on one second so i want to hear this but i really need to get this real quick
0: yeah that's so, different so uh, yes i completely agree um i do i will pick up my phone but it's but i won't answer who's calling i won't check a notification that's not when i'll do it because i think that's really rude and that means i'm definitely not engaged in conversation yeah. but there are moments when i'm like like something is going on in the conversation and i think where people fail is they don't communicate why they picked up their phone. Yep. So like when I'm talking to Helen and she says something that like triggered me to look at something or whatnot, I'm, I'll make it very clear. Like I'm just, I'm looking up the next Michael Franti concert because that's what we're talking about. So like this is an engaging, this is part of what we're doing and I'm not just like shutting down and focusing on her. Yep. I'm yep. sharing with her. So there's like a difference in the nuance in the way that I'm using the phone as part of the conversation as opposed to yep. a separate conversation with yep. somebody else. Yep. I usually but try to put think my phone
1: upside down so the screen is down do so people know that I'm not yeah. going to look.
0: Yeah. So, in those cases, I try to make it really obvious by saying what I'm doing. And I think a lot of people miss that subtle, like they might be doing something that is relevant to the current conversation and they just miss that and it comes across as disrespectful. Yeah. So, but don't, don't stay on it. I do the same thing too. There's actually, research done on what you're just talking about, about turning the phone upside down versus right side up. And people who put their phone upside down are more engaged in a conversation ready to talk. And it sends a signal to other people in the conversation that they want, that you want to be there with them. Yep. And with their phone up, there's this underlying perception that you're waiting for something better. Yep.
1: Yeah. It's very psychological.
0: It feels shitty. Yep. I'm with you. Uh,
1: the next one was people who talk loudly on their phones in public places I don't want to hear that. your conversation.
0: Oh, I don't I care. That. What about on their phone or like on FaceTime? So it's like speakerphone, and you can hear the entire yes. conversation. Yes.
1: And there are certain I feel like,
0: I feel like there's certain cultures that do this
1: mm-hmm. more than other cultures.
0: I think I might just start screaming <laughs> next time. Just like next to the person. I don't think just anyone would yelling. care. Honestly. No, not on the, not on the train. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, totally it's not not any more on the annoying train. than the asshole <laughs> who's having this loud ass conversation on yeah. FaceTime.
1: Yeah, uh, and then people who don't clean up after themselves or leave messes for others to clean
0: up—that doesn't bother me one bit. <laughs> uh,
1: the next one is people who lie <laughs> all the time. do not like that either. About people who don't care about cleaning up after themselves <laughs> or for others to clean up. Oh. <laughs> uh. Oh, uh, that one bothers me. Uh, I know that bothers Dana, that people who don't clean up after themselves. Yeah. Um,
0: I don't like that either.
1: You know, because if you make the mess, just clean up the mess. It's pack it in, pack it out sometimes, you know. and There's also,
0: like, in your own space, fine, be your slob. You're disgusting. But, like, that's, that's yours. But, like, and I'm not talking about kids in their parents' house because that's not really their space. That's yeah. their parents' space. Yeah. Uh, But like in a shared space especially. Yep. You know, or like in public space, clean up after yourself. Nobody needs to clean up. Or help out.
1: You know, one thing I enjoy about vacationing with you and Helen is that we all take part in the cooking and the cleaning. Whenever we go anywhere
0: and no one has to ask. No, there's no it's just like, oh, things need to get done. And one couple isn't somebody else just jumps in. Yeah,
1: and one couple's not doing everything and the other one's just not doing shit.
0: No, it's like a group effort. We all know that we all know there's a direction that we need to get to. And we agree. Like we never even talk about it. I do. I agree with you. I love that. They don't even, it's like, we're not setting up a chore wheel when we're right. <laughs> out well, and tested air.
1: And that's kind of, that's kind of the, you know, litmus test. If can I, can I hang out with these people overnight? Mm-hmm. You know, can I have vacation with, yeah. with, uh, with this couple or with this person is, you know, do they help out? Do they just consider mm-hmm. like, we're all in this together. We're all having fun yeah. together. So we all participate in all the things yeah. together. Even the, stuff you don't want to do, like take out the garbage mm-hmm. or clean the dishes or clean up mm-hmm. after dinner.
0: Like so. even the, the, the dongs over uh, for guys weekend. Yeah. Like everyone was like, especially the last day, it's like cleanup day and everyone knows we need to get this place cleaned up before we go. Yep. And people are just doing things. Nobody's yeah. asking anybody. In fact, it's the opposite where people are like, what do I need to do? What needs to get done? Yeah. Who's doing I'll what go do that. I'll go do this. Other I know. Thing. I know we trashed the garage last night cause we stayed up all night drinking yeah. and playing ping pong. Yep. So I'll go take care of that. Yep. You know, like it's yeah, it's it's refreshing. Yeah. I
1: have a dumpster at work. I'll take mm-hmm. the garbage. That kind of stuff. Yeah, everyone mm-hmm. chips in. Yep. Well, John, we we've hit uh one fifteen. So we're at hour one and fifteen. That was really loud. That was abrupt. Uh, yeah. one of the other annoyances is when abrupt music comes on, like on the Emmys. <laughs> We can fix that in, in post-production. Nope. we just we got an intern it. to do it. We're trash.
0: Why don't we don't have an intern?
1: <laughs> we can't afford an intern.
0: Who's going to intern for us? I thought they free. Aren't they, aren't they free? No one wants to uh, for this podcast. This just end, we just put out a job posting for an intern <laughs> that knows how to produce podcasts. Also, if they were good at marketing and social media yeah, presence, yeah. that would be good, too. Well, thank you to uh, all the pay of our. It's garbage. <laughs> we'll
1: pay you in booze. Must be twenty-one and over. Uh, thank you to all of our listeners. We love you. We thank you that you listen to this, and uh, we just ask that you drop us a comment, drop us uh, some ratings on your favorite podcasting platform. Hopefully, it's podcasting 2 point zero. We'd love to hear from you and interact from you. John and I are very sociable people uh, when we want to be um and with this podcast we actually want to within be in reason yeah within reason so uh so drop us a line balderdash boys at protonmail.com you can go to the website you can leave a comment under each episode uh there's a discord channel for beer bourbon and balderdash uh the instagram page is beer bourbon and balderdash uh we're all in all kinds of places that you could twitter beer bourbon and balderdash on twitter or even on the twits mm-hmm. so uh please contact us and also this is a value for value <laughs> podcast so yes. if you're listening on podverse or fountain.fm send us some satoshis that'll help us with our retirement plan and the mm-hmm. uh grabbing of the whiskeys and the beers
0: it's, we're working on buying a plantation in puerto rico <laughs> so forward well, we're, we're doing rum now are we one one fourteen millionth of a cent at a time. <laughs>
1: Almost there. Bitcoin's up. Uh, so thank you to all of our listeners, and uh, we really love you and appreciate you. Yes, it's, we do. Yep. And uh, tune into next week where we talk about things we're thankful for. We won't be grumpy next week. We'll drink before
0: is it that time. Is that that time of year again?
1: <laughs> nope. But we're gonna be thankful anyways.
0: <laughs> we're gonna be thankful anyway,
1: because <laughs> fuck Thanksgiving. Sorry Whoa, Dana. sorry Dana. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's all from us. Good night, John.
0: Good night, Wes. Fuck. <laughs> I, I say anyway. <laughs> to the quieter. Don't wanna offend Dana.